good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0 and NXT UK. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How is everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it's a frosty, chilly morning from an undisclosed location in northern Ontario. How's the big city treating you, homie? Big city is nice and cool. It's actually pretty brisk. I would say it's healthy, low teens right now, getting a little colder. Actually, that's an absolute lie. It's (laughs) six degrees right now, but it's sunny. It feels nice, but it's nice and brisk. And that's all, all right. I can the, uh, absolutely. The low, low preteens, I suppose. Anyway, man, yeah. So uh, Canada is doing Canada things. NXT is doing NXT things. We're going to tell you about, well, probably more NXT than Canada. But yeah, how, how, how are you, how you hanging in there, buddy? How are you doing? How I'm, is Boris Aguilar today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing really good. It's been, uh, it's been one of those, um, it's been good. It's been one of those weeks, honestly. Yeah. Lots going on. But, uh, you know, clearly nothing stops me <laughs> at this point. Um, but, yeah, no, everything's going really well. I'm really, really looking forward to my vacation starting. Cannot wait for that. Um, you know, we have uh, apparently we're doing a show on Sunday, uh, December 5th now. So that's a thing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah. So gotta fi- we got to figure that out because I'll be in Vancouver when that thing's going on. Um, but, uh, really it's more, I need to, you know, watch in the afternoon as opposed to the evening. Um, uh, that's kind of nice though, right? Like an, like a nice UK show almost. Is it, is it when you plan to be absolutely hung over for the entire day? (laughs) Fair. Well, I don't know. Maybe it'll be a good hangover cure. War games, Boris. It's back. The takeover brand lives. No. Actually, that's what I wanted to talk to you about later. We'll bring it up right now. Notice that there's no mention of TakeOver anywhere. It's just called NXT War Games. That's funny. I did not notice that, Boris. I just assumed it was NXT TakeOver War Games. Nope. It is just NXT War Games. Well, hey, there you go. So the TakeOver brand is dead. They did kill it for no reason. Yep. Yeah, honestly, it's just like the optics of everything, man. Oh, man. Like, I would love to be a fly on the wall at the McMahon Helmsley dinner table for Thanksgiving. Oh, my God. Same. Yeah, I I could not imagine what Triple H is thinking. And we should off the hop go through the releases that just happened and kind of touch on that because a lot of them are Triple H pet projects over the last three to four years, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like, you know, that's it. as it's been reported recently and like and, and everything, you know, this batch of release could be a little more, but still, right? Like it's just it's 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 been it's been crazy. Um just the sheer number of people that have been released. And and you just never know like at this point, you know, honestly, I this is how I felt when I was at Blackberry. It's like every couple months you know, we'd get the email of X, Y, Z people being uh, let go, right? Like, it just, it's just, at that point, you just don't give a shit. You're going through the motions. You don't give a shit. And, and you're, you know, you're kind of in the back of your mind making plans for the future. 
Yeah, man. And the specific people that they cut and the way they cut them, very, very greasy this time. Like Nia Jax asked for more time off. She was very open with her situation in her statement. She was cut after being granted more time off, which seems to me to be illegal, probably. But they're independent contractors. Who knows with the, the actual legality of that stuff? What they did to Scarlett and Karrion uh, Cross, I think, is pretty artistically. It's it's absolutely unforgivable and terrible what they did to them artistically yeah. but again <laughs> you know if if you see their social media posts you see how they feel about covid and you hear the rumors about the you know people being cut because of the vaccine you know people like yeah. Karen cross scarlet harry smith don't really surprise me that much but you know it's 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 a matter of internally what was communi- communicated to them about the vaccine right absolutely and in some in some regard, it's a common sense thing. Like you're you're a traveling company, you're going around the world. Eventually, you have to kind of know that you got to get that thing if you want to work for WWE. Yeah. But I do wonder, like I do wonder, like a B Fab. You know what I mean? And I'm not sitting here trying to go down each name of the 18 and speculate on their vaccination status. But someone like B Fab, that release makes no sense. Yeah. She just signed a main roster contract. She was you know, popular and good at what she was doing. She wasn't exactly a good wrestler yet, but she has a lot of potential in a lot of areas. And to just cut her a week after she signed her main roster deal is so strange, so yeah. out of left field. Like that say, it almost seems like that's the only explanation. You yeah, know? the the optics of, of, of a lot of stuff is so weird. So let's go through the list. So we have Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett. You know, again, major NXT players, major players in, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like we, how many times did we like guarantee that Karrion Cross was going to main event at WrestleMania in the next few years? Like that's just insane, right? Um, we have well, Keith. just based on his based on his push, he was getting the push, Boris, that Braun Breaker is getting now, and even stronger because he didn't lose at all. Yeah, um, we have Keith Lee, who was a one hundred percent Triple H project. We under we know what happened to Keith Lee when he went to the main roster. Uh, we have uh, Ava Maria, we have Mia Yim, Ember Moon. Ember Moon's one that surprises me big time for the simple fact that like. They must have just run out of ideas or something with her, apparently, or, or like, who knows? But that's a name that surprises me because personally, you know, if I'm looking at this from a strategic point of view, a, you know, my competition is getting hotter and hotter point of view. Ember Moon is someone that can, can that can really help that women's division anywhere, not just AEW, anywhere. 100% agree with that. It does kind of feel like they've made a concentrated effort almost to ignore and thumb their nose at AEW. They don't care about how much talent they're giving them. They don't. Yep. Um, Lucha House Party, again, both, this does not surprise me. Both of them asked for their release recently. They were just granted. Um, Oni Lorcan, again, a name that surprises me as a wrestling fan, but a name that does not surprise me as someone who follows WWE. Well, yeah, exactly. I like the Vince McMahon, uh, Biff Busick pairing was never going to work. Bars. It was never going to be a match made in heaven, but he is so good in the ring. He has, he has awesome matches when he's in there with three minutes against like a Zion Quinn or something. You know what I mean? He has so much to give the wrestling business. I think he could have done a lot of good work in NXT as both a trainer and like an on the job coach. You know, yeah. I, I'm so he's, he's one that I'm very surprised there at least just because, 
if I was running NXT, he'd have a job for life. Well, yeah. Well, we're not running NXT. And, <laughs> no, and, sir, we are and not. And neither is Triple H anymore. So, the, you know, some of these names, like, are names that Triple H probably, not that he had much say, but, you know, there's certain people I'm sure he could hide a little bit more. The next name is one that absolutely shocked me for many reasons, and that's Frankie Monet. Yeah, the only reason that it's not shocking is because she's, she's what, 37 or 38? She's a little older in terms of what they're looking for right now. But the thing is, she should have never been in NXT. She, yeah. like, has everything that they are looking for in a, in a superstar, in a professional wrestler. Frankie Monet has, except for age. And it's, it's like, because it's just so dumb. It, it, it's an arbitrary line to put, especially when half of their roster on the main roster is already 50 anyway. So, yeah. like, I, I don't know. It's yeah. unfair to punish the newcomers for being old. I, I don't know, man. The Frankie Monet thing is really, really egregiously bad. She is so talented. She's such a good promo. She's uh, Johnny Mundo's wife. They could have easily gotten Miz and Maurice versus Johnny Mundo and Frankie Monet easily. I'm shocked at that one too, buddy. Yep. Harry Smith, we talked about. Um, Trey Baxter, 24 years old, Trey Baxter. Trey Baxter shocks me because Cora Jade's getting the big push. Yeah, well. But I don't know. He's Blake Christian in TNA. He's an undersized guy. He's not the fastest. He's not the most agile. Is a very good wrestler. Due to his age and uh, his circumstance on the card, I definitely would have kept him around. But, hey, they're cleaning house. Yep. Uh, B-Fab. And then we have names like Jeet Rama, um, you know, Jessica Maya, uh, Zeta Ramir. Um, we have Catalina Garcia, you know, some names that like, don't really surprise me too much. They were essentially jobbers on even 205 live. Yeah. And it, it, Catalina Cortez was, uh, was one that was interesting because I did like her. She was the first Chilean wrestler. I believe they have maybe not the first, but the first they've had in years, if not the first yeah. and, uh, the only on the roster. And I think they could have, you know, they could have done something with her as like a, as like the South American superstar. And I, I, she didn't, we didn't see too much of her and she was purely jobber, but just, just that idea, I think could have been way more explored. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it just seems like a lot of the names, you know, aside from like B-Fab and like some of the really shocking ones are people who were kind of off TV, including Karrion Cross. Remember, he was being repackaged right now. So there's, there's, yeah. but again, like I said on the Smack Daddy show, and the, uh, you know, I'm calling this one the Transformers of release cycles because there's more than meets the eyes for sure. <laughs> Guaranteed. I, I like where your head's at on that one, buddy. Um, yeah, it is funny that you mentioned that. All these people were taken off TV, which does make it slightly less jarring, you know, because it's not like what Malachi Black was getting pushed to come back and then they released him, like, yeah. during his comeback push. Yeah, the, like, it, it, like and, and there is one name, before everyone starts yelling, there is one name on that list that, you know, doesn't fit that bill, and that's BFAB. Right, which is, I, I think, all things considered, might be the most quote-unquote shocking. You could argue Nia Jax, because she's The Rock's cousin, and she's lasted this long, you'd think she'd be Teflon. But also, Nia Jax should have been fired six years ago, so it doesn't surprise me that they actually did pull the trigger on that one at all. Honestly, B-Fab, wow, that one is shocking. And that does not bode well for Hit Row to me. I think that's a pretty... A pretty clear shot that Hit Row is not going to the main event. This group is not going to be exactly what we thought they were. I don't know. We'll see. Honestly, 
Who knows? Who knows how they're going to push Hit Row? Um, you just never know, really, at the end of the day. They could be like the next New Day if they, you know, if they push themselves, kind of make themselves known and do their own thing, right? Because let's be it's honest. Possible. New Day. New Day. When they started back in 2014 or whenever it was, probably even earlier than that, there was no chance they were going to last. Yeah, absolutely. It did that. You did. I would not have seen this coming. Six or seven years later, multiple world champions. Xavier Woods is king of the ring. High, unquestionable, established main eventers. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. But we'll see what happens with uh, Hit Row. Um, and yet, Matthew, Mateo, Dana Brooke is still employed. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. How did she survive? What? What? How old is Dana Brooke these days? She's got to be like near that Frankie Monet level, right? Yeah, like, why would you fire Frankie Monet and keep Dana Brooke? Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's literally like you have a like for like replacement, and you're gonna go with the one that can actually wrestle, the one who you're alienating someone else on the roster for letting go of. Yeah. The decision-making process is is completely strange. Like, for example, even the Eva Marie thing, and I don't think any internet fans are losing sleep or shedding tears over the loss of Eva Marie, Boris, but they signed her, they pushed her, they knew that she was doing Hollywood stuff, they knew that she was over 35 when they signed her a month or two ago or a year ago or whatever it was. Like, why bring her back in the first place? Did you think she was going to change? Did you think she was going to get younger? Like, what are they doing? Who knows, man? Honestly, I honestly still feel, and I will ma- and I will repeat this over and over and maintain that the right hand has no idea what the left hand is doing at this point. And the right hand being Nick Khan and the left hand being, you know, the, the actual wrestling portion of it. So what I'm trying to say is that the business side is winning right now while the wrestling side is just part of the factory. Yeah, yeah, and it's it. What it leads to is that, and we're we're not the first ones to make this point, buddy. But WWE has has become the McDonald's, the Walmart of pro wrestling, where it's too big to fail, but it's also objectively terrible. And every other place you go for food is better than McDonald's, regardless of the fact that McDonald's makes more money. Every other wrestling company right now is better than WWE. Every single one, maybe not NWA. <laughs> No, like I said, like I texted you earlier, as bad as NXT 2.0 is, it's still better than NWA. <laughs> it's so funny. I think you're right. Man, if I if I didn't have like uh, uh, one and a half full-time jobs that I was like trying to do, if I tried to like be strictly WWE or like pro wrestling rather, uh, like content creator as a job, one thing I would do is like the pro wrestling power rankings. I would try to watch every major show and like see where – they are at and see which one is better. You know what I mean? I think that could be a website. Someone can stay, take that idea and give me 5%. <laughs> We're not too far from that, especially with Ben sometimes, like with our powers yeah, combined, right? Like it's crazy sometimes. Maybe maybe that's the long-term goal if we can both retire and lean into this. But yeah, it just, just a thought I've had, just because I do honestly think like for all the money they print, WWE is quite often the worst artistic show out there, like quite often, which is just crazy to think of it as, as a concept. It's absolutely insane. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting thought. Interesting thought there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Are they, are they really? I don't know. Have well, you, with Billy Corgan running around, they might Power not be. recently? <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. With the, the Smashing Pumpkin Wrestling Federation still still running amok for us, maybe WWE ain't so bad. Exactly. And it's somewhere Sean is saying, you idiots, you need to watch WWE more. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Matt, I think it's time to talk about what we are not paid to talk about, and that is NXT 2.0. But before we do that, we have to take care of one last piece of business and that is our rating system de jour what are you thinking for this week i was thinking we pour one out for the great keith lee and we lost a lot of uh, awesome nxt superstars but keith lee was like a dynamo in nxt he was a double champion he really seemed like he was going to the main roster and and going on to some big things and they butchered Keith Lee and they botched him. So Boris, I think we, uh, we both celebrate the wrestler and acknowledge the botch and go bear cats out of five on this edition of NXT talk. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking as you were talking, think back to the great American bash just last year in that roster that was there. Oh man. Adam Cole, Keith Lee main event, just the whole thing. Buddy, do you remember when we were complaining that Karrion Cross killed this brand because he was squashing everybody? Look yeah. at how they followed up on that. Like, yeah. just every every piece of the last 18 months has has not only been forgotten, but, like, like pissed on openly. Yep. Exactly. All right, so we're going to use Bearcats out of five. All right, so the show opens up with Toxic Attraction making their entrance, and this leads us into one of the announced matches, which is Io Shirai, Casey Kanzaro, Kaden Carter versus Toxic Attraction. Matt, did you notice? Obviously you noticed. But Casey Kanzaro, Kaden Carter getting the shield entrance. <laughs> oh, man, that is that is hilarious. Sierra, Echo, Casey, Kaden Zaro, Kaden Carter, shield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's it's funny that they just yeah they see something on AEW and then they give it to uh, to somebody on the main roster we've or, or on the not even on the main roster on NXT a lot of times we've seen this in no, a number of ways but yeah it's funny that John Moxley's entrance going to Casey and Caden here uh, Toxic Attraction their entrance is good <laughs> I'm I'm on board with it the uh, after after the bell it's a little different but uh, they they can enter onto the TV and you I'm, need I'm a okay cold shower right now ASAP. <laughs> Calm no, down. Pretty, it's cold outside. <laughs> I just I could just step outside for a second, roll around on the front lawn. I'll be good. Oh my god! But yeah, um, interesting entrances. Match started. It wasn't the worst match. It was far from the best match. One thing that both you and I noticed is that Io Shirai is giving everyone a little extra oomph. Yeah, she's beating the shit out of these ladies in these matches. She's hitting those knees hard. She's not scared to lay in a chop or uh, really land on you with a with a diving press. She's not being unprofessional, but she's letting them know that she's there. You know, she's laying it in, as they say. Yeah. The other thing of note in my notes is that, you know, this is developmental when Mandy Rose stands out as one of the more talent, not talented, but one of the more established people in the match yeah man it's that's where we're at but she was and she's improving she really is like the match against Raquel was definitely Mandy Rose's best career match right like she's becoming a decent wrestler she's no longer like hopeless right like she's pretty good yeah exactly um you know and let's be honest here the entire goal here was to establish the next round of feuds um it was also to protect 
toxic attraction. Um, you know, they are the the female undisputed era of NXT 2.0 at this huh. point. And, you wow. know, what? You're right, but it's just, wow, just those words hitting my ears <laughs> just made me sad. Think how <laughs> sad I was seeing it. <laughs> you have sighed like a dozen times on this episode already. <laughs> exactly. And I will sigh a th- dozen more times, especially when I talk about, anyways. Um, but, yeah, yeah, like I said. Ultimate goal, toxic attraction, keep them strong, keep them safe. That's exactly what they did here. And we need to remember this is only the be- this is only the beginning of the story. This doesn't make EO, Caden, and Casey look weak. This Especially is just the beginning. Especially not EO. EO beat the crap out of everyone in this match and had a visual, well, not a visual, sorry, but a pinfall that was broken up. She would have pinned the women's world champion, Mandy Rose, with her finish clean in the middle of the ring if the uh, if her teammates didn't interfere. Exactly. So I'm, I'm a million percent fine with how they treated EO in this match. And Casey and Caden got caught by uh, the tag team champions. That's okay. I actually, I actually quite enjoyed this match. And I'll tell you this. It wasn't great. But, man, they really got the crowd. The crowd really enjoyed this match. They were with it the entire time, chanting on their feet. Can't can't hate on it. Can't argue that. Yep, exactly. Gigi Dolan brings Carter down after all the other uh, four ladies are going at it outside. Um, she hits her finisher in the middle of the ring, which is kind of like a, what is it, like a crucifix to yeah. small package type thing. It's 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 like an abdominal stretch driver. It's like an abdominal stretch, and then she like does like a code red out yeah. of the abdominal stretch position. She calls it the uncaged Boris. Yes. She calls it the rear view. Yep. All right. So your winners, toxic attraction. Yes, GG pins Caden with uncaged 12 minutes and 50 seconds i would go slightly above average on this match because eo looked amazing well all three baby faces looked pretty great and uh the crowd was with it like i said like the entire time but jc jane is really bad she might be worse than uh than brooks jensen than brooks buchanan i need to see them in there i need to see brooks more in the ring to see if he's improved but uh, jc might be the worst uh wrestler in wwe right now <laughs> oh man so, how would you rate this match? <laughs> I'm still going three Bearcats out of five. It's a 60% David Wilcox percentage, Boris. Yep. So, after the match, Toxic Attraction is posing outside. Shirai standing on the rope, staring deep into the eyes of Mandy Rose. And then some backstage reporter call, called Mackenzie Mitchell. She's with Pete Dunn. She asked about what Tony D'Angelo had to say on Lashing Out last week. Dunn says D'Angelo knows where to find him when he's ready to fight the baddest man in NXT and make a name for himself. This and this calls for Trick Williams and NXT North American champion Carmelo Hayes, your A champion. They interrupted. Trick runs his mouth and ranting. Dunn asks William what he's on about. Hayes talks some trash to Dunn. Dunn threatens to break his fingers tonight. The two sides argue to end the segment. Then we go back to the ring area. Toxic attraction, still chilling, still posing. And this Music is when K. Yeah, exactly. And this is when K. Lee Ray makes her entrance and she walks right past them. Actually, it's funny. I shouldn't say still playing. They like hit Toxic Attraction's music again for three seconds, only to interrupt it with Kaylee Ray's music. Well, you know, just how they... so you know, 
that Kaylee Ray's looking for that title too. Yeah. So I actually kind of like that, but it was pretty noticeable. Like they just put it on just to cut it off, you know? Yeah, but that's WWE, classic WWE, right? Like remember, the live audience sees the backstage promos. They're going to mute the music. And then it's just like, you know, it, the production wise, it's like, this is still happening. Yeah, yeah, it makes it, it makes all the sense in the world. It just made me laugh to see. Yeah. I do want to touch on one thing before we move on. Trick Williams was awesome in this promo. Trick Williams has something that you can't teach. He has that natural it factor, that natural charisma. He's an awesome promo already. Awesome. Great, great but, promo. But, but he sucks in the ring. But, but he's, he's just, he's but, completely green. He's completely zero in the ring. So if they can teach this guy to wrestle, no, he's going to be a star. You're stealing my choke, my friend. And I was going to say, you said he has something you can't teach. And I was then going to say, but he doesn't have something you can teach. And that's in-ring <laughs> skills. Exactly right, buddy. Well put. Well put. Sorry to stomp on you there. I, I was I was feeling I was feeling hot. I need that cold shower. You really <laughs> but do. Uh, no, tr- <laughs> I'm fired up this morning, buddy. I've, I've gotten too much rest and relaxation. But uh, yeah, no, Trick Williams, very, very good on the microphone future star if he figures out how to wrestle <laughs> we can say that about a lot of this roster to be honest <laughs> yes you could tony d'angelo for sure definitely yeah. more than one exactly exactly i uh, notice how i just called mackenzie mitchell mackenzie mitchell because she's done she's over <laughs> that is absurd that is some real cold shower bad energy hardest working <laughs> reporter hardest no working she's not she's, too, she's just there of- she doesn't work hard she just talks whatever <laughs> You're a terrible. You're a terrible man. <laughs> <sighs> and this is the stuff that gets me in trouble. Um, <laughs> all right. So match number two, like I said, Kaylee Ray came out. Uh, she shot a look at Toxic Attraction as she head to the rings. Uh, she poses. We go back to commercial. Um, when we get back from the break, <sighs> MSK. <laughs> MSK. I like this a little more. Th- I like this one a little more than you did. But tell the good people about it, and I'll tell you the one point where I actually did chuckle. All right, they're somewhere in downtown Orlando. Apparently, they're about to find the person who is responsible for MSK and giving them their name. But apparently, the person has moved to a new address. They think to take scooters to the location, but they look up the address and it's 420 miles away. So they're going to fly there. They agree to take showers, meet back at the airport. Um, they were talking about getting extras. Uh, they were talking about joining the Mile High Club. And that was that. Yeah, the Mile High Club did make me chuckle despite myself. More at them than with them. More at the fact that WWE wrote that line than it was so hilarious. But yeah, they think the Mile High Club is smoking in an airplane, not uh, fucking each other in an airplane, Boris. Uh, anyway, so they're the weed team now. They're officially the marijuana tag team. There was two weed references in this promo. MSK are now a super kicked act, Boris. <laughs> oh my God. I love I love going to super kick shows, but did you ever notice that 85% of the roster in super kick, their gimmick is uh, we love weed, eh? <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what to make of this. I really don't like these promos. I I like that they're doing backstage stuff. I like that they're trying to give them something. 
um, and trying to rebuild the character after the crowd has turned on them for reasons that are outside of their own talent. Eh, but yeah, okay. these aren't good. They aren't so good. Here's the, like two points I want to make. Point number one, there better be a payoff to this. It, this better not be like some long, ongoing BS promo just to get to nowhere, number one. Number two, I love the fact that someone in WWE thinks, we got to get the crowd back on their side. Let's make them like weed. The people like weed. <laughs> it's about as lazy a booking idea as you could possibly come up with, Boris. It's really not, it's not Shakespeare, you know? It's it's not a, a fine art here, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right. Back to the ring. Kaylee Ray versus Sarai. This match was interesting, but Matt, I was so distracted at the fact that Sarai is nothing more than a glorified jobber at this point. I I was with you all last night when we were talking about it, but uh, Saray did post, post something on, uh, on Insta, which made me think this might be a story. She actually posted like, nothing's working out for me. It was, it was a picture of her like in the corner, sad saying like, I need to figure something out basically kind of thing. And I think this could be leading. And I, I it's so dumb that they're doing this. But I think it could be leading to a Saray heel turn, Boris. So, like, they're literally repeating the Io Shirai angle. Yes. Well, I think I think they're going to do, like, the, the Kabuki Warriors 2.0, and they're just going to team up Io and Saray as heels. I think that's where we're going here. Oof. That's racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at uh, jacket time, buddy. That's, <laughs> if, if, you, if, you're, if you're the same race as somebody in NXT, you will be teamed with them. Legado, Jacket Time, Sarai and Eel, Brooks Jensen and the other guy. <laughs> Hit row until they oh left. Oh my god. <laughs> Trick and mellow. Oh man. <laughs> Crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> Wrestling needs to change a little bit. <laughs> so badly. What is so this nineteen ninety? What is this? Survivor series nineteen ninety seven gang wars? Remember that? Los Bariquas. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, twenty-four yes, years yes. ago yesterday. Oh wow! Hey, eh? that's true. Yeah, big event. Couple notable things happened. I guess Jake Allen already made all these jokes. We can't steal his thunder. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. But yeah, <laughs> so this match was pretty darn good. Kaylee Ray, awesome. Sarai, awesome. I really liked this match. Matt, what did you think? I thought, yeah, I thought this was strong. It kind of reminded me. It had a little whiff of Triple H's NXT. Two good wrestlers having a good match. Unfortunately, it only went four minutes and 50 seconds, but all things considered, I thought it was definitely better than the first match. Uh, probably on that same level, though, but I, I quite enjoyed it. Kaylee Ray looks awesome when she wrestles, man, and so does Saray. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the KLR bomb to the announce table looked pretty nasty and good. Uh, she brings Saray into the ring, does another KLR bomb. This time she goes for the cover and wins. So your winner was Kaylee Ray. Yeah, we're going to go three bear cats out of five, a 60% bask in my glory percentage for this one, buddy. Yep. 
Um, there's some backstage reporter is with Joe Gacy uh, asking about tonight's match with Boa. Gacy says we all have to go through changes and we all hide our true feelings with a mask. And he sees what Boa is going through. So his heart goes out to Boa. Gacy says Boa obviously feels like he has to hide his true self. And that's a tragedy. He hopes Boa can see that and that he won't have to hide after tonight. Gacy also talks about Harlan, how Harlan shouldn't be uncomfortable in his own skin, and how he understands the pain Harlan is going through. Gacy turns to the camera, addresses Harlan one-on-one, telling him to touch his hand on the screen, and know that Gacy is doing this tonight for them both. So I kind of like, I kind of finally liked a a small nugget in this Joe Gacy promo when he said to Harlan... I know what you're going through and it's not your fault kind of thing. Now I think the, the long-term goal here, Boris, for this, for this character should be that Joe Gacy is the one who is shaming Harland. Joe Gacy is the one who is overdoing the cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. And Harland is quote unquote falling victim to it or whatever it may be. They need to, they need to hammer home that Joe Gacy is manipulating this guy. Joe Gacy is the bad guy. He is evil. And if they can toe that line correctly, they can get people on all sides of the political spectrum to dislike this character for the heel that he is. They could do this in a really intelligent and awesome way. This character could be really good. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. I'm certain they can't and won't do it, but theoretically it's possible. <laughs> yeah. You look, we're seeing something now, right? Um, so this was pretty good, and and I, Joe Gacy is like, and his promo skills are damn good. Um, you know, yeah. again, you have to consider that all of this is heavily scripted, um, and uh, yeah. So overall, I really like this, um, and uh, yeah. After this, we get clips of Braun a Breaker with two Ks, um, and NXT Champion Tommaso Ciampa working triple threats with Sami Zayn in the current. WWE UK tour Braun Breaker with two Kates talks about uh, what an honor it is to be working his first major tour and he says he's coming back to the US to kick Champa's ass I like they're, this I skipped a couple things such, yeah they're doing such good work with Braun but go ahead sorry okay so we're bring, we're not using videos today because you're up in the great white north so we are going to be talking over one another a little more than usual i do apologize for that to our listeners um so back to this back to business what i really liked about this promo was number one they're acknowledging that nxt was on the tour number two Braun Breaker was talking about how he was hanging out with the main roster people and the veterans and, and you know, kind of uh, getting their input on how he can improve to beat Tommaso Ciampa. Again, there seems to be this now WWE universe, this canon that NXT is finally in. And that's one thing I do appreciate. That's a really good call. They do, they do acknowledge each other and... You know, yeah, man, it's it's very very nice to see Braun Breaker. I he does awesome work. They have done everything right with this guy. Everything. It's it's almost a little too perfect, you know. It's, it's scary. Like, it's scary. It's scary because I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Exactly right, buddy. Well put. Yeah, I, I almost used that exact same phrase too. Just waiting and waiting. Yep. So we'll see. 
Um, anything else you want to talk about before we head to the next match, which was probably the strangest uh, uh, match for sure produced by David Lynch himself? Oh, my God. Yeah. No, let's just get into that because, yeah, that was something. <laughs> All right. Back in the ring, Boa is wrapping up his entrance. He's got the the Mei Ying uh, makeup on now, so clearly he is now the leader of Tian Sha, the leader of the group of one. Um, so that's that. The bell rings. Uh, Boa kicks away the handshake offer. They go at it. Yada, yada, yada. Go Gacy and Boa fight. Then... Some weird shit starts happening. The lights begin to flicker. Boa goes a little crazy. And then he does a Tongan death grip to Gacy on the ropes. He won't let go. Referee counts to five. And I love the fact that the referee and Gacy ignore the fact that this has gone full red room on us. Um, and, uh, Boa gets DQ'd. Yeah. So weird. Joe Gacy just like all of a sudden gets possessed by Bob, like you said, and they go right to the black room and, uh, Joe Gacy defeats Boa. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Boa, Boa went uh full fucking full David Lynch. Joe Gacy defeats him, uh, by disqualification. Yeah. This was, this was just wacky. Not even out of eighties or nineties WWF, like very rarely, do they do some kind of stuff like this? Like this was fiend level wackiness here. This is attitude era, um, uh, ministry of darkness, brood, yeah. um, fiend type shit here. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, we the the term Russo esque gets thrown around whenever something's bad in wrestling, but this was Russo. This was some Vince Russo pro wrestling right here. Yeah, sometimes when there's something bad, we should rate it on the Russo level, like from zero to five <laughs> on the Russo level. Five being like Judy Bagwell on a pole match or something. Right, right. Yeah, this was like uh, this is a solid three and a half on on the bro scale, on the Russo bro scale, <laughs> on the bro scale. Also, R.I.P. <laughs> Judy Bagwell. Yes, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Judy Bagwell. Who honestly, like, for the first two or three times she showed up in w- WCW, was very like entertaining. They went to her way too much, and it became a self-parody. But, like, the first one or two times she was on camera, it actually worked. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm afraid of with uh, Best Friends, right? Like, it's kind of the same thing that they're doing over there, and at least they kind of know how to use her. Anyways, um, uh, so after the bell, Boa exits the ring looking at his hand with shame. The same shame that Matthew does every morning at 8 a.m. for some reason. Gacy smiles at the camera <laughs> and says a few Christ. words to Harland. <laughs> I would like to uh, respectfully object. <laughs> anyway, let's continue the NXT review, please. I don't know. You, you're choking people. I don't know what you're choking. You're just choking stuff. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Who or what I choke in the comfort of my own bedroom, Boris? No, never mind. Never. <laughs> just stop. Let's just stop. <laughs> Woo. Oh, hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. Who's Mackenzie that? Mitchell. Gia Miller? Nice Gia Miller? Gia Miller? They signed Gia Miller? <laughs> I don't know who well, you're talking about. Get off the dinner bus, Boris. Dinner <laughs> boys on the dinner bus. Uh, some reporter named Mackenzie Mitchell. Mac- 
is interviewing jacket time. Okay. Jacket time. Jacket time. Oh. This is the best name they can come up with. Uh, just like, so this is what we're doing. We're doing racist tag teams with, with, with jerk off puns <laughs> word yep. NXT 2.0. <laughs> awesome. Yep. So speaking of, uh, People choking people. Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with Jacket Time. Um, this is actually from last week when they were dressed and mocking the Creed brothers. And then we kind of... I like this transition to the training session with Diamond Mine. Malcolm Bivens rants on Jacket Time and says the Creed brothers will take that same energy NXT Cruiserweight Champion Roderick Strong had when he beat Odyssey Jones and use it against Eichmann, Jiro, and Kushida tonight. Biven says Diamond Mine forever. The group walks off as we go to commercial. I'm glad that they haven't cut Malcolm Bivens. They found a role for him before the mass exodus of talent happened. And I'm so glad he's on WWE TV doing good stuff. He's a highlight of this show. Are you glad he's on WWE TV? He can be utilized so much better anywhere else. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I guess, yeah, man, I am, I am for the same reason that, like, you know, you're, you're, you're glad if one of your favorite players makes the NHL. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, it is, it is still, it is still the, the main event. But yeah, we, we did our rant earlier in the show. It's the worst artistic program by far, the worst artistic company. But yeah, I, I'm glad that he's still getting that check. I'm still, I'm glad yeah. he's still getting the bag, Boris. Yep. Exactly, but I I, I, li- I really like this promo. Again, Malcolm Bivens is hitting it out of the park with his promos finally, um, and the production of this particular promo was really well done. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It was a very interesting, unique way to do it. I really enjoyed that. Yep, um, and obviously Pritchard and Dunn and McMahon love hurting my heart because once again, some reporter named Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage. This time with Solo <laughs> Sokoa, uh, bringing up his recent and success- successful debut. Uh, Mitchell asks what to expect from him in NXT, but Grayson Waller interrupts, recalling what happened when Solo debuted at Halloween Havoc. Waller says Ella Knight was t- talking trash about Solo in the locker room. Knight quickly interrupts, rants about how he will say what he has to say to anyone's face. Solo says he's from the streets where we handle our issues like men. He says we will handle this tonight and the three men will enter, but one man will walk out. Solo walks away as Waller and Knight argue. Um, Barrett then says we've got a triple threat coming. Yeah, perfectly fine little promo here. I I quite enjoyed it. Congratulations to Vic Joseph and Mackenzie Mitchell. (laughs) I need a new Sorry. partner. If any listener out there wants to be part of NXT Talk and Bam, we need to rename Bam. Preferably, your name starts with an M. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. You just you know you gotta you gotta give the opposite perspective here on the podcast. NXT is great. NXT is fine. We love well, NXT. Let's not get insane. Let's, let's not say something we can't take back now, Boris. Oh, love it. Man, there's, I've noticed the episodes when we record in the morning are so different from the episodes we record right after NXT. I feel like we laugh more and we have, like, I, I, I maybe it's more fun in the morning. I, I, I definitely feel like I have more energy, like, waking up than I do, like, immediately after two hours of a wrestling show that I hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Creed Brothers versus Jacket Time. Honestly, this match was on paper. It was a match that I was looking forward to. 
I think but it delivered. It delivered in the grand scheme of things, but I just can't take my, you know, my personal feelings about Kushida out of this. Like, this yeah. is what you have for Kushida. And I'm trying to stay positive. He's employed. He's on TV. He has something yep. to do. I should be yep. happy about that at the very least. But is that the bar now for WWE? Like, like you know, I don't want to rant and crap on WWE, but it just hurts me so times because especially in NXT, there's just so much promise in NXT for people like Kushida, for people like Ike Manjiro, and now it's just like literally a training ground for people like the Creed Brothers. And I'm not saying the Creed Brothers are bad, but this is what it is now, right? So while the match was good, my personal feelings on this match really did hurt it. I understand that, man. I can't argue with that at all. Kushida is so, so fabulous in the ring, and he has so much to give this wrestling business. He has so much more to offer it than losing a tag team match in seven and a half minutes to the Creed Brothers on the WWE developmental show. That's inarguably true. But this is where he is, and the match for seven and a half minutes was actually quite good. Yeah. I really, really did like this match. But, uh, but buddy, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't disagree with one syllable that no, you I said, know. my friend. I, I know. You. So let's try to be positive. Kushida did look pretty good in this match. They gave him a really hot streak in the middle. Um, he, you know, he looked pretty good. Julius ducks a kick, tears Eichmann's blazer off, palm strike, Roderick Strong, low bridges Giro to interfere. Julius with a doctor bomb. On Eichmann Giro, that's how they win. Yeah, so it, it was it was a basic formulaic tag team match, but because I, I would say three of the four guys are already good wrestlers. Uh, Jury is out on Brutus, but Julius is noticeably a really good wrestler in there, and of course Kashida is incredible, and Ikemen Giro is really good too. So you you can't go wrong with these four guys, but. Uh, Everything you said previous to us actually talking about this match was completely true, buddy. It hurts my heart to see that this is where they have slotted the great Kushida. Yeah. Um, before we get to the rating, the post-match stuff happened. Odyssey Jones ran down, attacked Roderick Strong, uh, running Diamond Mine off. So, your cruiser... Like, let's, let's talk about some logic here. Your cruiserweight champion is feuding against Odyssey Jones. Yes, uh, the cruiserweight champion who dethroned Kushida, and Kushida doesn't appear to care too much about that title anymore. Yep, Odyssey Jones. Is yes, who is what four oh four? They announce him at I forget, but he's over four hundred pounds. I think he's a little above two oh five. Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> you might be. I think he is two two oh fives. I think he is four ten. Yeah, that's just like yeah. So I don't I don't understand the logic there. Again, cool that they're doing something with Roddy Strong. Cool that Odyssey Jones has something to do. But I just don't understand the pairing in the grand scheme of things. I It's more a favor to Roderick than it is Odyssey. It kind of makes Odyssey look weak to continuously lose to this guy who's 175 pounds. But it makes Roderick look like yeah. a goddamn beast. So yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like it. All right. How would you rate this match, the previous match? Um... Hmm. I, I'm torn between three and three and a half. So we're going to go the rare three and a quarter Bearcats on this one, Boris. I can't quite make the call. So let's just go right in the middle. 65% Keith Lee percentage on this one. Oh, all right. Toxic Attraction gets a TMZ treatment outside. 
they're interviewed while they leave the arena. They claim they're going to hold the titles for a very long time, which means that they're going to all lose at war games. Uh, <laughs> Ma- Mandy Rose calls Kaylee Ray out and says her stare down wasn't intimidating. And if she thinks she's in next in line, she should take a number. Then the Mexican badass Raquel Gonzalez interrupts rolling up on her motorbike, telling them to keep her title warm for her. Uh, she drives right into the arena gets on the mic she says she came here tonight because she has one thing on her mind and that's dakota kai she tells her to get her arse down here dakota kai laughing like a typical crazy uh character there's a lot of things i wanted to say none of them are nice uh she says it felt so good to hit her with that shovel and watching her lie there motionless this is when Cora Jade runs down, attacks Kai mid-promo. Uh, referees swarm, pulls him apart. Raquel strolls up. The baby faces keep uneasy peace, I say. And then, essentially, we get a small little stare down between the two faces. This was great up until Cora Jade showed up. Um, Fair. <laughs> pretty, pretty fair. Uh, so... I, I don't know. I, I I dislike Cora Jade way less than you do. I think she's fine. She's just kind of there. I really don't like this new look, this new character that Dakota Kai appears to have. G- generic crazy girl with uh, – I, I actually saw it said on the internet, and I think you texted me this as well, Boris, and this is not to insult anyone, but it appears that they're, they've made her crackhead Kai. Yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> weird. Like just the way that she's stuttering, the way that she's kind of like ticking – if you notice, like in the, it's just really weird. It's just really weird. I don't like this character, but you know which character I like even less than that? Who that? The Mexican badass Raquel Gonzalez. Oh really? <laughs> I don't she like this motorcycle strolling, Raquel Gonzalez. <laughs> that's funny. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. See, yep. that's awesome. <laughs> I uh, I think uh. I like Raquel. I think she has a, a future on the main roster, but I, I can get behind like tough biker chick is kind of missing the mark a little bit with me as well. Yeah. Having said that, she is a tough, tough biker chick in real life. So, you know, if they say the best characters are an extension of yourself, go for it. it is, I don't like, you know, the Raquel Gonzalez that I um, uh, really enjoyed in the ring over the past year isn't this character and i feel like nxt 2.0 is just kind of crapping on the character that she was the same way a wrestler we're going to talk about soon is being crapped on oh dear yeah let's yeah let's just get to that but i did overall like this segment and uh, i think we're probably looking at a women's war games match with some combination of baby faces against toxic attraction and dakota kai i kind of think that's where we're going yeah agreed uh, we get a Chase University vignette where Andre talks about mental toughness and and berates his students as per usual. This time focusing on Gabriel, who appears to be former Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate USA, and Evolve Booker Gabe Sapolsky. Although we never get a clear view of his face. Huh. I didn't even catch that little Easter egg. No, but that's fun. Yeah. One thing I one thing I did notice is that. Somebody, somebody praised uh, Chase, right? And it does kind of think like on. It does kind of seem like Andre Chase has found himself a protege, and yep. we're going to get the first student of Chase U. Yep, yep, that'll be cool. Um, I, you know what? I don't hate this stuff. 
it's cheesy, but it's cheesy that works. I agree with that. I like Andre Chase University. Good amount of cheese. This is the right type of pro wrestling cheesiness. All right. I don't know. I'm sighing way too much. But it's just like when I read my notes ahead, I'm just like, oh, yeah, oh, this happened God. next. <laughs> All right. Grizzled young veterans. Grizzled they're, uh, they're, young. They're now con men, Boris. They're, they're uh, well. Here's Liverpoolian the thing. hooligans? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, if you know you're from Liverpool, you know, you're going to steal so you, you got to drive past Liverpool or else you're going to get your hubcap stolen. You know, you're going to get your Yorkshire pudding stolen. You're going to get a knock in the face if you're in Liverpool too long. And that's pretty much what the Grizzled Young Veterans have turned into. Um, they do some urban training, which consists of them scamming folks on the street for food and money to learn how to better distract a referee. As bad as I, I quite go ahead. I quite liked it. I I kind of think that this could be their ticket to the main roster. Same. It's like Same. like like shithead stumbling on top of each other, Peaky Blinders characters. We've seen like the Peaky Blinders wrestling thing uh, uh too much. But you know what? It, it's kind of it kind of works for these guys with uh, with Gibson being like the uh, you know the, the brains of the operation and James Drake kind of being oh yeah boss oh yeah you know that guy yeah. and uh, I, I kind of like this pairing I kind of like these new characters God God bless them they figured something out I think. here's the that's the thing right there look it made me laugh because of the whole Liverpoolian thing right like <laughs> it, and them scamming people stealing hubcaps and whatnot and 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 whatever but. But, but I'm happy that no one called anyone a scouse, number one. And number two, I'm very happy that they were able to find characters for these guys. Because these guys, in my opinion, were just going to get lost in the shuffle. But they have something to do. They got a vignette. They have characters. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, can't, can't agree with you more, man. Your mileage may vary, but it worked for me. And I'm excited to see more of these uh, personalities. Yep, exactly. All right. We see shots of Cameron Grimes and Duke Hudson in the poker room from last week. Uh, Grimes is going to be back in action. Uh, so this leads us into the match. Rufeng versus Cameron Grimes. Now, I texted you, and I might as well tell the people what I texted you. Is there any other NXT 1.0 wrestler that has just fallen as far as Cameron Grimes? Uh, I immediately said Kyle O'Reilly, I think, has fallen further. And then we, we talked it out, and it, it might be Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes might have fallen further since the Triple H era than Kyle O'Reilly. Because but. at least Kyle O'Reilly is – he's still kind of seen like he's a big deal, though he he's, seems like he's choosing to team with Von Wagner and he wants to go after the tag team titles versus Cameron Grimes, who is just – feuding with Duke Hudson down the card because that's where he is. I don't know. It's really hard to say between those two. I and think now that's here's the thing. Team. At least cool guy Kyle is still somewhat alive. Cameron Grimes has, like, he was always a goofball, right? But now he's just a dumb goofball. But later on, his promos, like, this guy, if he's going to, if they're going to tear him down, he he's going to go down swinging. 
yeah, Cameron Grimes is not going down quietly. He's out here cutting an awesome promo, trying to get over catchphrases. Cameron Grimes holds it down. Yep. And he said it three times. And the third time he said it, the crowd chanted with him. Yep. He is right. so goddamn good. Cameron is. Grimes is so good at pro wrestling. At everything mm. that a pro wrestler needs to be and needs to do, Cameron Grimes is fucking excellent at it. It is a crime. It is a crime that this man is not on the main roster. Yep. Please go ahead. All right. So there's not much to say about the Roof Feng Cameron Grimes match aside from it was a scary looking cave in Roof Feng. Kind of just, he didn't moved down he kind of just stood there and they, there could have been a really bad injury yeah i did it was definitely uh one of the worst uh cameron grimes well the worst cameron grimes match i've probably ever seen in my life but it was 145 like it wasn't it wasn't long enough to be terrible but i a million percent agree with you on that they kind of botched the finish there a little bit yep uh so duke hudson was out before the end of the match he got a lot of booze do we want to rate the match now or after the promo um, well, the promo was better than the match. I would give, yeah, I, I, yeah, let's, let's talk about the promo first and we'll, uh, give it the whole to do. All right. So Duke confronts Grimes in the ring. He says last week he came into his poker room and played with his chips and his cards, not even paying attention. And somehow he won. He needs to know what is, what it is. Was it dumb luck or what? Cameron is confused and laughs. He says everybody saw him win and it was so much fun. But Hudson is upset and having lost a lot of money. But never again will he lose to someone who looks like a filthy troll rotting under a bridge. Grimes asks why the name calling, but that's okay. He's been called a hick before. Uh, it might be because a little because he's a little hairy, a little smelly, and a little grimy. But he holds it down no matter where it's happening from the poker table to wall street he says he plays dumb sometimes and last week he played duke hudson tells him that he doesn't understand what losing to someone like him does to someone like him so next week in front of all these people duke hudson cameron grimes poker showdown that's just oh man that's that's the problem with creating a poker player character is he really can only do one thing and that's play poker so they've already played poker and now the option is to play poker again or do nothing so they chose poker again boris and uh yeah i'm ready for the wrestling match i don't think they need to do a second poker game between these two guys well, i don't see the point of this at all you know what's gonna happen right cameron grimes is gonna start losing a lot then cut to two cuts and cheating big time and then they fight in the middle of the ring to set up a match at war games yeah that sounds about right so how would you rate this stuff? Uh, we're going to go. Yeah, we're going to go an average wrestling match. Like it was an average WWE squash a do uh, maybe slightly below average. But the promo knocked it up to that Mendoza line level. Two and a half Bearcats out of five. Fifty percent for this one, Boris. Yep, exactly. All right. We see La Knight backstage warming up. We see Solo Sokoa warming up and Grayson Waller on his phone. I love that. I love that. I just love that. Like that energy like you know la knight's taking this training hard solo sokoa's tra training taking this uh really you know to heart and then grayson waller's just like whatever yeah i i like grayson waller's character he's kind of fleshing it out a little bit kind of like too cool for school daredevil guy yep. it's it's becoming more than just generic i will jump out of an airplane it's, yep. he's kind of adding a couple a couple different shades of gray a couple layers to this onion 
Yep, exactly. Some would say even 50 layers or 50 shades of gray he's adding. <laughs> 50 layers of onion? I have not read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitle, Choking the Meat. <laughs> the maid? I don't have any maids. Meat. <laughs> oh, the meat. I thought you said the maid. Meat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where's your head at? Ah. <laughs> uh. I blame, um, I blame my shitty laptop for that one. That was that was a failing of my ears. Anyway. All right. So, um, back from the break. Solo Sokoa, La Knight, Grayson Waller. They're already in the ring. This match starts. I got to say, this match was pretty damn good, man. I really like this. Nonstop action. All three men actually looked pretty good. Um, but Sokoa was unstoppable. He's the clear, um, you know, pet project future star for for wwe in general uh knight took the pin which surprised me um so we'll see we'll see what happens in the future uh sokoa yeah. won with a big splash on tonight after tossing just tossing waller out of the ring yes he gave him like an overhead belly to belly uh like brock lesnar style over the top rope and grayson waller ate absolute shit on the on the outside that was an awesome bump that he took uh did you notice that after sokoa hit the old val venus money shot and won this match that la knight kicked out at 3.2 yep i did note i was literally gonna bring that up nice nice so yeah let's talk about that right now do you think that that was because my that made my mind wander and i was like i wonder if that was like unscripted and he did that on his own to put himself over and if someone gives him flack for it, he'll be like, well, fucking fire me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I wonder if that was... I think that was that it. that was a little... I yeah, think that was I, it. I, I wonder. That was the vibe I got. Obviously, we're not backstage. We don't know. I don't have any sources back in NXT who I can ask yet. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm seeking to be super sourced. I'd rather keep the fan perspective anyway, Boris. That's neither here nor there. I don't know what actually happened here, but it seemed to me, sure seemed to me, like LA Knight was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to kick out of this thing at 3.1. Dude, why is LA Knight eating every pin in NXT 2.0? <laughs> I guess he's the NXT jobber. I guess that's where he is on the card. Wait, Doesn't make to much kick sense. off to NXT 2.0, he took a count to Braun Breaker with two Ks. That was the first thing we saw out of NXT 2.0, the first NXT 2.0 match. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. To me, that's absolutely, absolutely insane. And didn't I, I, he didn't yeah. he eat the pin to Champa later on the night? Yes, yeah, he did. He lost twice in that first, and they made a point to say it on camera. Has he won in two point oh? I think he did get a win. I, he must. He, I think he did. He beat Odyssey Jones at one point. Yes, yes, he did. He did beat Odyssey Jones of all people. Wow. Yeah, it's just so weird the booking that he's getting. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't get it. I can't make hide nor hair of it, buddy. I couldn't tell you. But is this like one of those things where we shouldn't be looking week over week and everything is self-contained in one week unless they tell us so? Uh, well, maybe, but that's a that's a terrible and unrewarding way to watch a television show. That's unlike any piece of television ever. You know yeah, what I true. mean? Like, <laughs> Speaking of terrible and unrewarding, Mackenzie Mitchell is backstage with Indy Hartwell and Persia Peralta. <laughs> you, need, you need to be stopped. <laughs> Uh, we still love you, Mackenzie. We're still fans over here. Boris is having a rough week. 
I don't know how I'm keeping a straight face saying this stuff. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I thought you'd be way more mean to Vic than Mackenzie on this one. I thought you'd just, be shitting just wait. on Vic Joseph. Just wait. <laughs> um, they're talking, um, Persia Peralta and Indy Hartwell are talking about how close they were to winning the titles on Halloween Havoc. Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, Gabagool, Gabacruel, he shows up. Uh, he says Indy's husband, Dexter Loomis, has been ducking him, along with Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and others. D'Angelo mentions how he's going to beat up Dexter next week. He hands a dead fish to Indy and some money to Persia as a way to send a message to Dexter Loomis. I really like this promo, man. Tony D'Angelo has got it figured out. He's got his character down. Yep. A little too much. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like he's like too good at it almost. I don't it's like yeah, I don't know. I, I still really like it. I, I think I, I wonder how much depth there's ever gonna be to this character. I wonder how far he's gonna go on the main roster with it. But I do think he's quite entertaining. I really like him. Yep. Oh, a Santos Escobar less legado is backstage. Electro Lopez. I know. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little scared. Uh, she's backstage. She says she hopes Zion Quinn is watching. We go to the commercial. Uh, back from the break, we see more clips of Braun Breaker with two Ks and NXT champ Tommaso Ciampa working the triple threat matches on the UK tour. This time it's Ciampa mentioning defending the NXT title because it's his duty and there's no one better to represent the brand than him. Ciampa talks about how he sees some of the top WWE stars in the locker room, but he also sees Breaker with two Ks who is learning and improving. He gave Breaker with two Ks some props but said there is nothing Breaker with two Ks or anyone else in NXT can do to make up for his 17 years of experience. Ciampa is phenomenal on the microphone. This was no different. No different. Another yep. another banger of a promo by Tommaso Ciampa. Yep. All right. Erica Yang versus Electra Lopez. This was a match that just happened. Um, Lopez yep. defeats Yan by pinfall. Literally nothing of note until the end. Yes, literally zero of note until the end. And uh, the only thing of note at the end was that Electra Lopez almost killed Erica Yan with the blue thunder bomb. She she's not a good wrestler yet electra lopez doesn't does, she needs to practice a lot uh in the ring she's got she's got presence on the microphone obviously a stunning beautiful person who could go far uh, in professional wrestling but she needs to figure it out because she's she's like nia jackson in there man she's hurting people almost like she yeah. almost dropped erica yan on the top of her head on a blue thunder bomb yeah it's not the first time she's she's come close to hurting someone. Um, you know, it's 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 oof, I don't know. It's it's scary. Yeah. So that was the thing. After the match, Lopez is um, celebrating Wild and Mendoza without Santos Escobar join her in the ring as she takes the mic. Lopez says what she wants is what she gets, and what she wants right now is Zion Quinn. Music hits, and out comes Quinn to the ring. Lopez says Quinn turned a lot of heads last week, especially hers, and he was impressive. She asks him if he wants to join Legado del Fantasma. Some fans chant, yes. Some fans chant no. Uh, Quinn says Lopez is really amazing, but he just can't get down with the legado del fantasma. 
He's sorry. Quinn walks away. Walt says no one says no to them. They push Quinn from behind, but he turns around, levels them, clears the ring with ease. Quinn blocks a shot from Lopez, spins her to him, holds her there, sends her away. Quinn and Lopez stare each other down while circling each other. Quinn as it exits the ring. Mendoza and Wild rush the ring, but Lopez holds them back. Beth says there's definite sexual tension between Quinn and Lopez. <laughs> she said the word sexual on television. Ratings will go through the roof, I'm sure. Ratings will explode next week due to the references of sex and marijuana on this program. Uh I, I got to tell you, I thought this match was terrible, but I did quite enjoy the post-match. I actually thought the post-match was, like, pretty good. Yep, exactly, exactly. So uh, how would you rate this match? How many Bearcat Claws would you give this? <laughs> We're going to go one Bearcat for the match, and I'm actually going to award a full bonus Bearcat for the promo because I did think it was that good, but it's still below average. We're going two Bearcats out of five overall for the total package. Uh, still a slight fail. You know that you and our listeners are so lucky we didn't figure out the rating system before we recorded, right? Why? What do you mean? You know that I would have added sound effects after every rating. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm really glad we did it then. Yeah, ever since the uh, ever since the BAM ROH draft, I feel like you're all in on sound effects. I've always been all in. It just I hate setting them up. <laughs> I feel you. Um. All right. Uh, back to the ring tonight's non-title main event match. Pete Dunn makes his way out. We go back to commercial, um, and then back from the break. Some reporter, some female reporter, is with Kyle O'Reilly, talking about teaming with Von Wagner. Um, they're talking about last week's loss to Legado. Uh, Mackenzie shows us how Vaughn had his foot on the rope during the pin. Kyle wonders if she should, if he should stay a singles competitor or go all in with Vaughn. He says they have something special here and they want to go for the NXT Tag Team titles. NXT Tag Team Champs Imperium walk up, taunt O'Reilly. Vaughn also appears and asks if there's a problem. Imperium says not on their best day. The champs walk off. We go back to the ring. Out comes North American champion and future superstar for AEW or some other company, Carmelo Hayes, with Trick Williams <laughs> as Dunn watches. Rude. I think I think Melo wants to be there, wants to be WWE I know. champion. I know. But those gotta, are those are gotta, famous last words. You gotta so add some humor so to this shit. I laughed, buddy. I think you're doing a good job adding the humor. I just wanted to point that out. I do think of all the people in NXT 2.0, Melo actually does have a chance to be a WWE champion in the future. But again, we said that about Keith Lee. We said it about Karrion Cross. There's no fucking way to tell. <laughs> exactly. Hey, and here's the thing. They could have wanted to be there, but clearly someone said, you are not welcome. You shall not pass. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. Um. All right. Oh, one Maybe. thing, before we move on, one thing that I do hate about pro wrestling is when they lie to our faces. And yes, it's wrestling. Yes, you have to exaggerate and embellish. But no, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner do not have something special. You liars. You're lying. That's a lie. We don't they know what don't they do in their time special. off. We don't know what they do in their <laughs> time off. They could have something special. Like, you know, they could uh, down some beers, have some fun. We don't know. Like, uh... You know, Fair what enough. they have could be special. <laughs> Fair enough. On camera, we have seen no evidence of that. But we yeah, saw them training in the joy. woods together. 
I would not have called that special. Oh, that was special. If you were, if I took you out to the woods and we, you know, lifted lumber, I would call that special. <laughs> I actually might hop on the quad after this uh after this year podcast, Boris. That's funny that you say that. What the hell is wrong with me this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You are fired up. Um all right. Let's give this match the respect it deserves because this, in my opinion, was the match. Best match of NXT 2.0. That's Carmelo yes. Hayes versus Pete Dunne. All right. <laughs> Similar to Io Shirai teaching these rookies a lesson. Pete Dunne, holy shit. <laughs> the first 90 seconds of this match were Pete Dunne on fast forward, beating the shit out of Carmelo Hayes. He got two years of offense worth on Carmelo Hayes in the first minute of this match. Yeah. It was awesome. He steamrolled this guy. Oh, this was insane. This was absolutely insane, dude. Like, I'm, I, it was just crazy. Like, dude. I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud at Pete Dunne just a mile. I mean, looking like Sonic the Hedgehog in there. Yeah, it was insane. You know what else was insane? The code breaker that Hayes gave to Dunn. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. Carmelo Hayes held his own. Don't get us wrong. Like, Carmelo Hayes looked awesome in this match, too. But, yeah, this this match was was very good. A great wrestling match. The best of the NXT 2.0 era by far. And for sure, the best match that we're talking about on the podcast yeah. today. Oh, for sure. Um, did you also notice Trick Williams uh, being his best Shawn Michaels on the outside? Like, his reactions were just gold on the outside. Yeah, selling, 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 selling all all the blows that Carmelo got hit with, Trick would get hit with too. And he had the Shawn Michaels glasses on. And Yeah, you're right, man. It just There you go. There you go. But it was just so good. It was just so good. Such a fun uh, match. The crowd was red hot for this. Yeah, million, trillion agree with you, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't complain at all. I really thought that this, I, we mentioned it in the Kaylee Ray Sarai match, but that kind of felt like Papa H's NXT. And it, it was nice. Yeah. It kind of felt like you went back home, you know? Yeah. This match was the NXT that we knew and loved. Yeah. This was the old NXT. This was two young, awesome wrestlers tearing it up for 10 to 15 minutes in a match with, uh, you know, in a main event in front of a hot crowd. Yeah, there's something to be said, also comedy-wise, presentation-wise, about Dexter Loomis joining the commentary team for the main event. <laughs> I did like that, because obviously he doesn't speak, so fun visual. And then that SOB, Vic Joseph, had to ask <laughs> Dexter Loomis if he had any marriage advice, since he's recently engaged mother effer. <laughs> That's a reasonable question, I think, between pals. You know? yeah, don't oh. Keep your personal lives outside of the camera. That's unprofessional, Vic Joseph. Unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's a complaint that we should have right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, uh, no, this this match was awesome and it hit all the it hit all the notes. There was a little bit of comedy on the outside, but it didn't distract from the amazing wrestling match that was happening in the ring. Fans loved it. Fans were with it even more than the opener. They were chanting this is awesome. They were chanting fight forever. They were chanting NXT, which I don't think I've heard much of uh since the switch. This yep. was good. This felt like this felt like a throwback, this match. Yep. So Hayes is distracted by something under the ring, reaching up, 
disappearing again. Dunn takes advantage of the distraction, nails the bitter end for the pin to get the win. So your winner was Pete Dunn. After the match, Dunn is uh, celebrating. Gargano appears from under the ring, and um, Dunn looks back and forth between Gargano and Hayes. Gargano is all smiles at ringside. Hayes sits up in the corner and clutches the NXT North American title as Trick stands next to him as we go off air. So uh, we we had predicted it was going to be Hayes versus Gargano at the whatever the NXT War Games show is. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Are we going to get Hayes versus Gargano versus Dunn in a triple yeah, threat? Because Pete Dunn has officially earned a shot at this yeah, title. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking the match is going to be. It's going to be a triple threat. And dude, whew, that's going to be oh. a great match. Absolutely. I am certainly excited for that one, buddy. Yeah. All right. How would you rate this match? We're going as high as four Bearcats out of five. It is the first great match. It is the first A- minus in NXT 2.0 history, Boris. They did it. They they broke the barrier. Yep. So you gave it a four, right? That's what I heard? It, yep. Yep. All right. I would have given it a 3.5 only because of Vic Joseph's unprofessionalism. <laughs> That is absurd. That is the worst one yet. <laughs> you can't, you can't, it's not, come on, you can't play Mellow and Pete Dunn. Ah, I feel you though, man. Hey, it's the joking. commentary, it's one of the pillars. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, Speaking of cold yeah, showers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is a, it is a randy episode. The dander is up on this episode of NXT Talk. Yeah, overall. I really liked this episode of NXT 2.0. Like, it was actually pretty good. Time flew by. We had more than one good match on the card. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, if last week's episode wouldn't have happened at all and they would have followed Halloween Havoc with this episode, they'd be in pretty good shape. But unfortunately, they had to put out a stinker and put that bad taste back in our mouths. But, uh, yeah, so three of the last four NXT 2.0s have been pretty watchable. So that's good. Yep, exactly. Um yeah, that's been it's been it's been it's been interesting. It's been a interesting show. Uh so that's that. Let's move on to NXT yep. UK. Typically, this is the best hour of WWE TV every week. And this episode, again, in my opinion, was just that. Absolutely. A return to form for uh, the red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. Because the last couple weeks, honestly, have been kind of down for NXT UK. But they were back in full force this week, man. I loved this episode. I thought it was really good. Yep, exactly. All right, let's just jump into stuff. The first match of the night was Flash Morgan Webster versus Rampage Brown. Um, this match was uh, pretty short. Uh, grand, uh, grand, grand scheme of stuff. Uh, Rampage Brown hit the Doctor Bomb and won. I really enjoyed this match, man. Went seven minutes and thirteen seconds, all action. Really liked the big man versus little man uh, story they were telling. I believe. Boris, you can correct me if I'm wrong. At this moment, this is a, a babyface versus babyface match, but it's clear that Flash Morgan Webster and his group, they're going heel if they're not already officially heel, right? Um, yeah, 
hundred percent. Like we we talked about this with this whole slap bet slap yeah. game thing, right? This is the, one of the most interesting ways of turning a group heel. Yeah, very much so. It kind of yeah, I, I do like it, but yeah, the sub the subculture thing is is weird. They're kind of in between right now. They're kind of annoying baby faces, like annoying shitty. I don't know how you would describe them. Almost like Bugs Bunny baby faces, <laughs> like just getting under the skin of the heels, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match layout, which was a baby face versus baby face, big man versus little man match. Not always easy to do, but they did it. This match yep. kicked ass. Yep, exactly. All right, uh, NXT UK Women's Champion Maiko Satamora and her protege Emilia McKenzie are doing last minute preps before Satamora's big match later. Um, after pretty deadly cost, Tyler Bates UK Heritage Cup Championship match last week, Trent Seven finds Bate, tells him they're now going to be part of a fatal foray match next week for a shot at the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. This is Seven's way of saying he's sorry for what's transpired. Bate doesn't seem too excited, and we are planting more seeds. Yes, sir. So, yeah, two things. I like this. Tyler Bate, yet again, this is like the second or third time in a row that he starts to cut a promo, and then Trent Seven comes up and interrupts his mic time, which, as CM Punk has shown us, very big no-no in professional wrestling. You don't do that. Also, just to uh, cross our T's and dot our I's, the previous match, I would go as high as three and three-quarter yes. uh, Supernovas for B-plus 75% for that Rampage versus Flash match. That was dope. Good-ass wrestling match. Yep, exactly. Uh, Zaya Brookside finds Sid Scala in his office, asks if she could have a shot at the NXT UK women's title after Satamora Ginny. He doesn't think she has enough victories to become the next contender, so she calls her dad, Robbie Brookside, to see what he can do. Remember, Robbie Brookside is the GM of NXT UK. Yeah, I like the spoiled. She's obviously now become the spoiled brat character. And again, this isn't one that has like main event written all over it. Yeah. But it'll get you on TV. And she's she's talented at it. I like like she called daddy, blah, blah, blah. She called and like walked out on Sid Scala while it was clear that she was getting him and shit. I actually really like that little Same. thing. I thought that was very clever and well done. Yep. The hardest working wrestler in NXT UK, Isla Dawn versus Angel Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> you're just fully transferred oh man oh that is that is a this is a good bit i'm back on board with the bit boris <laughs> <laughs> i knew you were gonna enjoy that so yeah isla don angel hayes pretty short match um isla don grabbed hold of hayes's hair starts to pull some strands out referee finds this uncalled for and decides to call this match a dq what a wimp <laughs> man up <laughs> ref am i but, right but exactly. uh, yeah no I, I pretty interesting little thing like this is the first time we've seen isla dawn get disqualified for kicking too much ass as the great Vinny v vincent Fairhigh would say um yeah i i kind of kind of liked it but not a lot to the wrestling match obviously it was angel hayes's first appearance and it went two minutes and it was a dq yep how would you rate this now we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go Mendoza line. I couldn't call it terrible. I, I I think they achieved what they wanted to, but at the same time, it wasn't very good. So we're gonna go two and a half supernovas out of five, fifty percent, right on the border. Yeah, Isla Dawn, three and a half for me. <laughs> Just in, uh, it, that's the bar. It starts at three and a half, not yep. two and a half, and you go yep. up or down from there. Exactly. 
<laughs> uh, I'm joking. Uh, Sam Gradwell is sick and tired of hearing all about A-Kid and how the media likes to sing his praises. I like that. Uh, Stevie Turner interrupts an interview the crew is doing with Subculture. Danny and Luna tells Turner she could beat her in three seconds. Interesting. I disagree mathematically. I don't think that's possible. But well, you depends know, let's on the ref. It. Depends see. on the ref. Yeah, it's true. It's fair. You know, it could be a submission. You can do it. I guess. I you need to lock something in pretty goddamn quick. I'll beat you in three seconds. <laughs> that is absurd. You freaking <laughs> catch me in three seconds, homie. Float <laughs> like a butterfly, sting like a bee. <laughs> uh all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> Ilya Dragunov addresses, and you're going to love this, the WWE NXT UK universe. Oh, my God. I literally just threw up in my mouth. I Excuse me. I have to go puke on the front lawn. <laughs> All right. The fighting champion is here. He says the fans give him a warm welcome with a round of claps. He says it's heartwarming to show his son um, that his dad can conquer anything he sets his mind to. He compliments A-Kid for pushing him to his limits three weeks ago. Now that he's the face of NXT UK, he wants to continue being the reigning defending champion. The question is, who will accept his challenge? Rampage Brown comes out. The Mad Russian, with glee in his highs, says yes to an invitation for a title shot. Uh, Dragunov puts his hand out for a shake. Brown takes it upon himself to throw the champion down with a nasty-looking lariat. Yeah, very good. I love the line. Uh, He is just because Elio is being, like, magnanimous, like, politician champion. Like, ah, like, hello. Like, yes, I will take on your challenge. And Rampage Brown clotheslines the shit out of this man and just says, I don't want your respect, son. I want your title. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed that. It made me laugh in a good way. And yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm ready for this match. Yep. Uh, Blair, Daven- Blair Davenport wishes both Ginny and Satamora good luck. She says she's watching this match closely. Yep. Blair Davenport seems to be getting that big push. I do think she's the one who takes the title off Miko here yeah, down the road. I, I agree. Uh, Tioman and Rohan Raja are sitting down to a meal talking about a future match against Gallus. While many find Gallus to be a strongly built family, Tioman Raja thinks otherwise. Tioman, good promo. Enjoyed this as well. Yep. Um, this actually leads us to the main event. Michael oh, actually, before we... Before yeah. we get in there, I do want to touch because there was the Nathan Fraser thing where he challenged Mark Andrews. Oh, Nathan yeah. Fraser is is backstage. He's watching tape on Mark Andrews. When Andrews walks by, they uh, see notices what he's watching. He's com- he's like you know like complimented by that, and uh, then they go and basically Andrews says I, I'll like I agree to wrestle you. And Fraser stops watching the tape and runs to the GM to try to set the match up. I actually thought this was pretty nice. I thought it was endearing. I I enjoyed this little 30-second, minute-long promo. It was the best mic work, best character work, and perhaps only character work and mic work that we've seen Nathan Fraser do. Yep. Um, NXT UK Women's Champ Michael Satamora with Emilia McKenzie versus Ginny with Joseph Connors. What do you think of this match? I I quite liked it. Uh, I wouldn't have called it great, but I think it was really good. Uh, probably Ginny's second best match ever that I've seen her have next to that awesome street fight that she had. Um, I really like Ginny's, uh, setup to her finisher. Or is it actually her finisher, the makeover? I think it's her actual finisher, I right? think it's her actual finisher. 
Yeah, I love that move. It's like an elevated DDT like the Randy Orton or Tommaso Ciampa DDT, except out of the corner, and it's not a DDT, it's an X Factor. So it's yep. like the elevated X Factor yep. out of the corner. I love that move. Same. Same. It's really good. Really good. Um, yeah, this is a good match. I really enjoyed this match. I wouldn't say this is a classic. This isn't Walter Ilya uh, Dragunov, but this is pretty good in the grand scheme of things. I enjoyed it. And again, this hour just flew by. Uh, obviously, Michael Setamora won. How would yeah. you rate this match? Yeah, and I really liked uh, Nigel McGuinness did a great job of, of putting over the fact that Michael hit her uh, scorpion rising, which is like the, the elevated axe kick. She like jumps off her opponent's knee or her back and delivers an axe kick. And that's awesome. She's won matches with that, but she didn't think that was enough. And she had to pick Ginny up and give a death, valley, a death Valley bomb to Ginny to actually win because she had so much respect for her opponent. I love that Nigel McGuinness uh, pointed that out. I thought this was fabulous, man. I actually would say the opener was better, but I would go as high as three and a half on this one. I thought it was a very, very good wrestling match. Yep. Agreed. Agreed 100%. This is a really good show, honestly. Um, yeah, it's an hour but it just feels it's so much shorter than that, especially when you cut out the WWE network commercials. It ends up being, what, like 45 minutes, not even? Yeah, exactly, like 45 to 50, and it's just a quick, easy, digestible watch. So, yeah, next week on UK, we have that Fatal 4 tag team match, number one contender. It's Mustache Mountain versus Symbiosis versus Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. And on proper NXT... We have Tony D'Angelo versus Dexter Loomis. Two cartoon characters wrestling. Can't wait for either of those. Yeah, same here. Now, bam. We have so much to talk about on bam. Oh but my I God. think the main event is going to be the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame ballot. I like that. I like where your head's at. I yeah, I think that'll be a fun discussion. We'll close with that for sure. But yeah, we have so many sports things, so many wrestling things. We can't even get to everything we want to and keep it within 90 minutes. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, the, uh, coming up on the patron feed, we have the old fucks all elite weekly talking all things dynamite. That's coming out. Um, obviously, we have BAM on Thursday. We have the Dynamite Review on Thursday night or Friday, depending on when they send it to me. Then on Saturday, we have the Smack Daddies and the Old Fucks um, both coming out with shows. One for Rampage, one for SmackDown. And then just remember, as a patron, you're going to get the link in your inbox because there is going to be an after party for none other than Full Gear. That'll be an awesome show, man. I don't even know if we're going to be able to make time to preview that tomorrow on BAM, but let's yeah. hopefully we can. And yeah. uh, if you haven't yet, check out Agnew's, uh, check out Agnew's interview with uh, the Bare Naked Ladies man, Stephen Page. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a good one. Um, also, just remember, at the after party this Saturday, there is going to be a special announcement about the podcasts, about shows, about new shows, and whatnot. So make sure that you check that out on Saturday night after Full Gear. Man, that's that. He's Matt. I'm Boris. And the show is NXT Talk. Goodbye.
Congratulations, Vic and Mick McKenzie. I am cutting this out. I'm cutting this ending out. You're done. You're fired. Anyone listening whose first name starts with M, get at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.